as God intended. Let's go. to Looking for Healing Talk Radio, where pharmaceuticals are not medicine, but love always is. I'm your host for today, Nicola Burnett, holistic dietitian and functional medicine practitioner and proprietor of Back to Balance Wellness Center in Las Vegas, Nevada. And I thank you very much for joining me today for our Looking for Healing Talk Radio live show. Looking for Healing is an exciting show. You can learn from experts in the practice of natural medicine and combined the show hosts possess more than a hundred years of clinical experience as professional healers and includes myself, Nicola Burnett, Dr. Henry Ely, Dr. Brian Artis, and Dr. Jana Schmidt. And if you are into all things natural when it comes to health and healing, then stick with us. I promise you this show is for you. I am super grateful for having the opportunity to share and educate and expand the minds of others on the topic of natural healing, which is a topic that has seemingly gotten lost as the primary way for healing. I invite you to share the links and to tell all of your like-minded friends and family that they can find us live every week on America Out Loud Talk Radio at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central Standard Time, and 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and via recorded podcasts at americaoutloud.com, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Pandora Networks, and via America Out Loud phone apps downloaded from Apple, Android, and Alexa. And I'd like to take a moment to thank the sponsor of our show, great company called Global Healing. They really make beautiful natural supplements, and they are made with very pure ingredients. One of the products I'm a big fan of is their organic vegan vitamin B12 formula. And B12 is necessary for maintaining energy pathways in the body, necessary and critical for the neurological system. And I really appreciate the fact that it is triple activated and they make it with the three best forms of B12. It also contains Ormus supercharged minerals and is made with triple distilled biophotonic structured water. And Global Healing is offering a generous 15% off of your first purchase as a thank you to our faithful listening audience of Looking for Healing Radio. Just use the discount code of OUTLOUD when placing your order. That's O-U-T-L-O-U-D, OUTLOUD. All right, so let's get into it today. We're going to talk about something that's very near and dear to my heart's. My hearts, <laughs> as if I have more than one. Maybe I do. I got a big one, that's for sure. <laughs> we are going to talk about essential oils. And I really wanted to talk about this topic because I find that plant medicine, when the essential oils are included in that, is the most underutilized and misunderstood form of plant based medicine in the world today. I'm a big fan of essential oils. Uh, I can't imagine my life without them. And essential oils have become so trendy these days where 
you might be talking to somebody about some ailment or issue or something that they're dealing with or something that they have going on. That's like, oh yeah, so if, you know, I've, I've got an essential oil for that, or I could recommend an essential oil for that. And sometimes if you're talking to somebody who really is very unfamiliar with this world, you know, you kind of get what I'll call the look, right? That look of like, oh yeah, the, the rolling of the eyes and the, oh yeah, the, the foo-foo smelly stuff that uh, everybody's talking about that uh, is very girly. Um, in other words, it seems that a lot of times if people are uneducated, their thoughts go to this place where it's just, I don't know, maybe they consider it nonsense. But if they consider it nonsense, it's because they really don't understand the history and the background and the chemistry of essential oils and how they work and why they work. I mean, have you ever actually stopped and wondered what ancient ancient cultures and, and peoples and civilizations used as medicine? Have you ever stopped to think about that? We only know the current, what they call medicine, as it was taught to us. And you know, when you think of medicine today, you think of hospitals, quick cares, ERs, uh, pharmacies on every corners. But you have to understand that that did not exist prior to just, you know, a little over a hundred years ago. So what did they used to use when none of that existed? Well, they used plant medicine. They used herbs, spices, oils. So what do you find? Just think about this. What do you find when they go into and discover like, a, you know, a new tomb of the pharaohs or of a king or of a prince, you know, when those are uh, uncovered, you find gallons of frankincense or myrrh or, you know, dried out plants. Uh, you don't find a pile of Tylenol or amoxicillin, folks. So what does that tell us? And, and what do we uh, know about natural medicine? Or I should say it another way, why do we not know about natural medicine? Well, if natural medicine was the main staple or the main use of what medicine used to be, I mean, I got news for you folks, it only takes about two, three at the most, but usually two generations to completely annihilate something off the planet that certain folks who have certain agendas don't want you to know about. I mean, look at what's happening today with the kids. Uh, it's not unusual for a 10-year-old or a 12-year-old to be talking about their friend who is having a sex change and using a whole different language and moving completely away from male and female genders and anatomies. I mean, we're watching this just get busted apart right in front of our eyes today about that topic. And it's happened really fast. I mean, we're talking in, in a very short period of time. I mean, in just in my lifetime, when I think back to this particular topic of gender and sexual orientation, not that we're going to go into this and talk about this today, but just for the concept of but I'm talking about in the moment, you know, when I was a little kid, that was it. You were a boy, you were a girl. 
that was it. There was nothing else discussed. And then the first thing that I heard about was people being gay. And the first thing I heard about was men specifically, uh, gay relationships among men. And I heard about that in high school. And so being a young person, that was a bit of an anomaly uh, for me. Uh, and so I had some experiences with that in high school and, and growing up, like I remember my mom took me to a very, very famous club in New York. It's, it was a church converted into a nightclub. It's called the limelight. And I think we happened to go on like a Tuesday night. It was a really oddball night because we were only in New York for a couple of days. And that was really the only option. And I remember it was gay night for lack of a better description. I'm not sure if that's what they called it, but my mom and I were the only two females in the place and it was all a bunch of gay men. And so that was kind of my first experience or inoculation into the concept of any other idea of relationships of men and women. And then it, you know, kind of went from there. Uh, so as far as my experiences and then hearing a lot about, uh, you know, gay parades and gay, gay pride parades and seeing those types of things on television and, you know, AIDS epidemic in, in the eighties. And so that was pretty much my exposure, but anyways, getting back to this topic of, of natural medicine, I brought that topic up of sexual orientation and what's going on today, because if all of a sudden there's an agenda where they want to wipe out natural medicine uh, and the concept of natural medicine and the education and wipe out passing that down from generation to generation. Uh, they can do that pretty quickly when they just switch the narrative and start talking about something else like Tylenol and Advil and antibiotics. And it's not going to take more than really two, two generations to wipe that out. So as I'm growing up, I only know medicine as doctors and going to the doctor's office and going to a quick care and going to an emergency room and having surgery and taking pills and going to a hospital. I didn't have any concept of anything different because that's what was introduced to me by my parents. And my parents are, uh, my father lived to 90 and my mother is currently living and she is, I believe she's 88. Um if I'm not mistaken, parents don't like to talk about those things. So that's my best guess. I think I'm within the ballpark of a year. But my point being, my parents are what introduced me to medicine. And when I think back to their parents, their parents were really the first generation to move off the farm and into a more of a city type environment. But their parents, so my grandparents' parents, and that's only four generations ago, yeah, about four generations ago, still lived on the farm. So we're not so far removed from this, but we're removed enough where when people think about health and medicine, they're getting in the car and they're driving to their doctor and they're calling their doctor's office and they're taking themselves to a quick care or an ER. So that's what they know medicine to be. Interesting little story. Uh, when my grandmother died, my father's mother, I was uh, gifted when all her things were gone through and and handed down heirlooms and things of value, jewelry, pictures, etc. The thing that I got from my grandmother was all of her cookbooks. And that's how it was described to me. 
And I was in college when my grandmother passed away. And so that was delivered to my home, not directly to me, because I was away at college. So it was delivered to my home. Uh, it was a couple bags of, of cookbooks. And I went to college and I met my husband and I got married and I moved away right away. And so I just grabbed all my stuff and hauled all my stuff with me. And part of what I hauled with me when I got married was these bags of cookbooks from my grandmother that I never even looked at and I never even opened until about six or seven years ago. And I was cleaning out my garage and I happened to take this bag and decided to pull a couple of these items out and I pulled a quote cookbook out and I opened the book and I almost dropped to the floor instantaneously. I was in such a state of shock. What I was looking at, what I got, what I was familiar with as far as a cookbook is you open the book and there's a page and it says, buy these foods and chop these vegetables and put half a cup of this with a pinch of this and throw in some salt and, you know, cook this in the oven for 40 minutes. That's, that's what I know to be a cookbook in my generation. When I sat down with this book and started opening the book and reading the contents very thoroughly to my shock, amazement and surprise. What I discovered was that a cookbook back then in my grandmother's time was an actual book of healing. There was nothing that resembled in that book what the cookbook of my time presented with. Yes, there was a couple of recipes, but it was more all about natural healing and how you used plant medicine to heal whatever ailment that you were dealing with. And so there was lots of discussion and explanation about, you know, skull cap maybe for babies or, um, you know, something of that nature or a bug bite and how do you deal with that? And so you would flip to a certain part of the book and it would talk lots about the plants and the origin of the plants and where they grew and how to grow the plant and how to prepare the plant, what part of the plant to use that had medicinal use for that particular ailment. It was just fascinating to me. And had I known that that's what her quote cookbooks were about, boy, I would have read them a long time ago. So, and then they would have a little recipe on what you did with the, the plant, whether it was the roots or the stems or the flowers, or if you dried them out or, um, you know, boiled them or turned them into a tea or um, made a salve with them or whatever it might have been. So there was very minimal recipes and they weren't the kind of recipes like go to the grocery store, buy these seven ingredients, chop, dice, cook, and combine them. It was really all about plant medicine. So what does that tell you? <laughs> that tells us that uh, we have a longer history of plant medicine than we ever, I hope, ever will have of this current garbage poison that we've been taught to believe or receive as medicine. And the other thing that I'll mention is, you know, one of the most ancient texts in the world, uh, some of you may have heard of this text, it's called the Bible. <laughs> there are so many mentions of plants and oils in regards to healing 
encountering ailments in the Bible. As a matter of fact, it doesn't talk about anything else. It doesn't talk about antibiotics. It doesn't talk about cortisone creams. It, that There's no mention of that. There are 33 essential oils mentioned, or 33 plants, I should say, mentioned that contain essential oils in the Bible. And there's over, over 600 references to essential oils and the plants that they come from. And every time they talk about anything related to um, healing or expansion of, of the human being, whether that's mental, physical, emotional, or spiritual, they, it's, they always refer to oils. There's no reference to any pharmaceutical medicine. And they always talk about oils that were used for anointing and healing of the sick. And they used oils to anoint all of their kings and leaders. So they used them in, in ritual, in ceremony, which meant that they had great value. And, and it was quite an honor to anoint somebody that you felt like a king or a leader that was, you know, a very important person who was playing a very important role in society to anoint them with, with plant oils. And what did they bring to the birth of Jesus? Well, they, they didn't bring antibiotics, <laughs> that's for sure. They brought oils. And we all know the story, frankincense and myrrh to the birth of Jesus. So there's many, many references to the healing capacity of oils. I mean, that should be our clue right there about natural medicine. Just FYI, if you stop and think about this, from a very practical standpoint. It is that time, folks, where we need to take a quick short break. And when we return, I will go into the whole, my story or my experience about how I got immersed, educated uh, into essential oils and their true uh, gift to the planet and, and their benefit and their medicinal properties. So stay with us and we'll be back in just a moment. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-term effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. Fortunately, Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the Wellness Company designed their spike support formula with the miracle enzyme natokinase, scientifically studied to dissolve spike protein so you can feel your very best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Cofix RX Nasal Solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flus, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. 
Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. This is Nicola Burnett coming back from our short break on Looking for Healing Radio. And real quick, I just want to mention that if you're not able to catch any of our shows live, just know that all of our shows go to podcast typically a day or two after the live broadcast is complete. You can listen to any of the podcasts on Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, iHeart Podcast, or America Out Loud, and many more. If you like what you're hearing, make sure to subscribe and rate the show for us. Okay, so let's get back into it. We are on the topic today of Mm -hmm. essential oils. And I am really clear that uh, this is a a topic that I could talk for hours about. And uh, I only have about an hour today, so we're not going to get through all of it. So I'm going to do a little bit of a series on essential oils. Today, I'm just going to talk about some certain things, and in particular, my exposure to essential oils, my experience, and how I got brought to them. I think that's always a really important thing to talk about when we talk about these things, uh, these these different topics, and also uh, getting into essential oils, their uses, the chemistry, uh, what they do for human biology, why do we consider them medicine, or what kind of medicinal properties they have. So this is going to be maybe a two-part, possibly even a three-part, because there's so much to cover on this. But for now, I'm going to jump in and just share a little bit about my experience of how I got exposed to them. So as I had mentioned, I, I had an email that came floating across my desk. I read the email. I got this intense uh, download about you will go to this class. This is important. There's something here for you. So I ended up going to the class and I'm so glad I did. It was so interesting. As I mentioned, the class was uh, three days, really two and a half days. It started on a Friday evening around four o'clock. And basically that class was talking about the oils we were going to use for that particular class, kind of the basics of of essential oils we covered. And the woman who taught the class would uh, pass around the different oils. There was a series of maybe, I don't know, eight or 10 oils that she passed around. And she would talk about the different things that the, that the oil would do as far as its medicinal properties, uh, benefits, how the oil worked. And we would just pass the bottle and smell the oil. And then we'd go to the next one and go to the next one, go to the next one. And I think that class was four to six or four to seven or something like that. And after just those couple of hours, uh, there was probably about, gosh, I don't know, eight people in the class. And I distinctly noticed that the entire demeanor of all the people in the class became radically different as the class went on. And I really didn't connect it to the essential oils. I just thought, God, that was really interesting. Everybody kind of started looking down and quiet and not really socializing uh, with each other. And then by the end of the class, people were vibrant and laughing and and loud and, you know, verbalizing and looking in each other's eyes. And everybody was very animated and happy. And it was very distinct and there wasn't really anything that happened in the class 
other than the review of all this information that could account for something like that. And that's why it caught my attention. And then we came back the next day and the next day was a full day, Saturday, I think it was nine, nine to five. And we learned this technique that the technique was called raindrop technique. And it was a technique where we got paired up in the class. One person was the giver, one person was the receiver. And then we switched roles. The person who was the giver became the receiver, et cetera. We had massage tables. Uh, people were lying down as the particular oils were applied in a certain order, in a certain way, starting from the lower spine and going up towards the neck and applied in a very particular way, uh, way using something called Vitaflex, which is Tibetan reflexology to the feet. So it was a whole day of reviewing this technique, what it was about, the purpose of it, the creator of it. Uh, the creator of this particular technique was Gary Young. Gary Young is the um, was the owner of Young Living Essential Oils. He passed away, unfortunately, in 2018, but that was the oils that I was exposed to in this first class. And then we went through the day and we performed this technique um, on our partner. And then we received the technique. And again, at the end of the class, lots of everybody was just so lit up. They were vibrant. There was lots of laughter. There was joy. There was just this palpable feeling in the room amongst all the people uh, taking this class that by the end of the, the day, there was just this joy emanating from everybody. And I, I just, I just really took note of that. And then we came back for the third day and the third day was really interesting for on the third day, we learned what was called the emotional release technique. So we came into class, it was explained, it was discussed, it was shared. And then we got paired up again with partners and we first, uh, you know, as a receiver and a giver. And so we switched roles again. And the thing that really was so palpable for me in this class is we had one gal in the class. She was young. I, I, I She was probably maybe 20 years old, maybe a little older, but let's just say early 20s. And she was so closed off and so reserved. I mean, that's, that's putting it actually mildly. I mean, she just kind of came into the class, stared at the ground, never made eye contact through the whole class period. She was the only one that didn't really kind of become very joyous and social. Uh, now that I'm thinking back on this, on the, the first two days. But on the third day, we all paired up and she ended up pairing up with the instructor. And so uh, I happened to be in close proximity to them, the instructor and this, this gal who didn't make any eye contact, stared at the floor, really quiet, never spoke, uh, never asked questions. Uh, she was just very kind of recluse and withdrawn. And you could just really feel that there was probably just a tremendous amount of trauma, emotional trauma around this individual. So after this particular technique and after the teacher um, shared this technique on this individual, what I witnessed was shocking. She was the antithesis of the opposite of what I had just described and what she had been in this class for the first day and a half. 
she, for the first time, she was looking up and making eye contact with other people in the class. For the first time, she was engaging socially, which was you know, quite shocking to see. For the first time, she had some expression of emotion. It was still reserved, but it was definitely identifiable, uh, palpable, and it was definitely there, even though it was still quite reserved. I mean, literally, this woman just had a complete transformation. It was quite shocking. And then at the end of the class on Sunday, we had a circle where we sat down and we, quote unquote, shared. And it was the first time in the three days that she had spoken anything out loud in this particular group. So I was just puzzled by this and thought, God, there's, there's something to these oils. I mean, yes, they smell amazing. Yes. They're intoxicating. Yes. They're unbelievable, but there's something to these oils. And after this class, then the discussion went into, you know, if you want to purchase these oils or get involved or buy a, a raindrop kit, you know, those kinds of questions then stay after. And, and, you know, the instructor can talk to you about how to get the oils and how to use them and, moving forward with that. Well, I remember sitting in a chair with one of the people in the class. She was actually the assistant to the instructor. And I'm telling you, I was, I, I literally, I remember sitting there with this woman and she was going through all of the technicalities of, you know, how to order and setting up an account. And, you know, if you want to set up an auto ship and just all these things, right. About the company and the possibilities and the potentials for, you know, how you can go about being a customer of this company. And I remember sitting on my hands thinking, if I don't get these oils, I, I seriously think I'm, I'm going to die. I, I just was jonesing for these oils. And I remember this distinct thought, wow, this must be what it feels like to be addicted to drugs. And I know that may sound really weird. Not that I'm saying the essential oils are drugs. I'm just saying that whatever they activated in me, and boy, was something activated like, like nothing I've ever experienced before. It was gosh, I, I don't even know how to explain it. It was, I was just jumping out of my skin. That's how I'll choose to describe it. I just literally just was going nuts. as like, if I leave this place without these oils, I, I just, I don't know. I, I don't think I'm going to be able to handle it. And I remember just sitting there trying to be courteous and respectful and polite, but I couldn't hear a word she was saying. And I remember just interrupting her and stopping her and saying, how do I get the oils? Just tell me how I get the oils. What's the fastest way to get the oils? I remember it was almost literally like, <clears throat> like, um, yeah, I, I guess like I've, I've worked with um, clients who have had addictions to drugs and I've never done drugs in my life other than smoked weed a couple times. So I'm so naive about all of this. I only know about those experiences through other people who have experienced addictions and shared with me their experience about those addictions, what they thought, what they felt, what they experienced. And that was what I was relating it to was some of the stories that my clients were sharing with me about 
what it was like to be addicted to, you know, to a drug. And, and so I was like, wow, this must be what it feels like. So that was my first experience with these oils. And then my next experience with the oils was, well, let me check this company out. I'm really particular about who I do business with. And just because there's a great product, you know, all products are tied into the the people who manage the company and their goals and their intentions. You know, I'm, I'm very much an empath and I'm very dialed into energy. And so just because I love the oils and the product was great, I needed to know more than that. I needed to know who the people were. I needed to know what was in their heart, what was in their intentions. Because again, all of that goes into every single drop of oil. So it just so happened that this particular company and the company is Young Living was having a convention within, I think it was two or three weeks. And if you signed up with the company, you got to go to convention for free. The convention was in Utah. I had a family member I could stay with. They had an extra car like, and I had free points on Southwest. So I thought, okay, universe, you really want me to know about these oils. I mean, you're really supporting me. And I see that. So I will go to this convention and I will learn more and I will see what this company is all about. And so I did. And the first thing that I remember about that convention was sitting in the audience, waiting for it to start. And this man, the owner of the company, Gary Young, ran in and he came from the back of this massive um, uh, convention center. We have a convention center site and he came from the back. And he came running down the side and running up the stairs and running onto the stage. He got to the microphone and you could tell he was a little bit out of breath. And he proceeded to say, for those of you who don't know me, what you just witnessed was a miracle. And he went into discussing his story and his story was really phenomenal. Uh, basically, he lived in Canada. He was in a really bad logging accident and he was paralyzed and he was very young. He was in his early 20s. He was married. He had two children and he was told he was never going to walk again. And he really was just so depressed and couldn't imagine living in a wheelchair for the rest of his life. And so he decided to commit suicide. And he decided to do that in a way that he thought was very clever and cunning uh, by doing a cleanse. A friend of his had turned him on to some, something, uh, something called the master cleanse. And he looked, took one look at that cleanse and he said, ah, oh, this will kill me in a minute. He said, this is perfect. I can claim to my friends and family that I have the intention to do something good for myself and cleanse. But he said, no one's going to be able to survive on this cleanse. And so it'll probably just do me in. And uh, that way I won't have to tell my wife and children that I took my own life intentionally and this will work out great. Well, unfortunately it didn't work out at all the way that he intended. Uh, it worked out in a very different way as life usually does. And I will continue the rest of this story when we come back from our break that we need to go to here. So sit tight and stay tuned and we'll be right back. 
How do we protect our bodies from harm in a world filled with invisible threats? In each one of our trillions of cells, a remarkable process takes place in the mitochondria, which is known as the powerhouse of the cell. Redox signaling molecules are produced here. Anasia brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. And the results speak for themselves. As someone who needed an energy boost at a crucial time in my life, I was introduced to Asia. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. We wouldn't go a day without washing our hands, brushing our teeth, and washing our nose. Well, wait, we wash our nose? Yes, the number one place where bacteria, viruses, and pollen enter the body is through the nose. So the average person breathes over 23,000 times a day. That's 23,000 opportunities for bacteria, viruses, and irritants to get into your nose and make you sick. For an extra layer of protection, wash your nose with Clear. That is Clear, X-L-E-A-R. Clear's drug-free nasal spray features xylitol, an ingredient proven to block adhesion of many nasty bacteria and viruses, and effectively clean, not just rinse like a saline, but wash your nose. Clear nasal spray quickly alleviates congestion, opens your airway, and ensures your body's natural defenses are strong. Read the research studies for yourself at clear.com. That's X-L-E-A-R.com. Protect yourself from the pathogens and junk you breathe. Pick up a bottle for you and your family today. Welcome back from our break to Looking for Healing Radio. Looking for Healing Radio is on five days a week, Monday through Friday. Between my co-hosts and I, you can find a new show every day of the week. And if while you're listening, a question pops into your mind, please feel free to submit your question by going to the nav bar on the Looking for Healing page. We would love to hear from you, and all questions and comments are welcome. Okay, so we're going to jump right back into this topic. I'm going to be doing a series on essential oils and breaking down essential oils so they're very, very easy to understand and also to understand why so many people are on this kick with essential oils and what the benefits are and how they can benefit you. If you're somebody who's listening and perhaps has not experimented or not experienced uh, the medicinal properties of essential oils. So I am just talking about how I got into essential oils, or I should say how essential oils found me. And I had left off where I was at a convention in Utah Uh, with a company called Young Living and Gary Young, the owner of the company, had just ran onto the stage at my first convention right after I got turned on to the oils in this company and was talking about how he, uh, essential oils really saved his life. I'll just cut right to the chase there and describe it in that way. So what had happened was he had had this accident. He was told he was going to be in a wheelchair for the rest of his life. He was not okay with that. He wanted to somehow commit suicide, but he had a wife and two kids. And he didn't want to do that in an obvious way. So he decided to go on 
a cleanse. And he specifically got turned on to by a friend of his, what's called the master cleanse. Well, if any of you are familiar or not familiar with the master cleanse, a master cleanse is a cleanse in which you combine cayenne pepper, maple syrup, and fresh squeezed lemon juice and add water to that. And you sustain yourself on that for a minimum of 10 days. Well, Gary Young did that cleanse for 362 days. And he just thought for sure there was going to come a point where he was going to be able to extinguish his light and pass away. And to his surprise, what actually happened was that he started to regain feeling and function in his toes and in his feet after all that time. So again, for those of you who are not familiar with the cleanse, the master cleanse, I'm a big fan of the master cleanse. I use it in my practice with my clients. It changes lives. It'll heal things that quote unquote, cannot be healed. It is, a, it, it is an absolute um, amazing process. Just a little caveat, you have to do a lot of work before you go into doing cleansing, master cleanse or any cleansing of any other kind. There's a lot of things that needs that need to be prepared and set up uh, before and prepped for before you go into a cleanse if you want it to work, if you want it to benefit, and if you want it to perform healing for you. So this is not an invitation for any anybody listening out there to just jump onto the master cleanse. There's a lot more to that, and maybe I'll just do an entire show just on that someday. But anyways, back to the essential oils. So Gary started his process of wiggling his toes, and from there it started to go to attempting to stand up and take some steps and walk with assisted devices like a walker. He went into physical therapy and just kept pushing and fighting from there. Well, he ended up getting to the point where he was out of the wheelchair and able to walk again. But the one thing that he was still plagued with or dealing with was pain. He had a lot of pain in his body. And that's when he turned to the possibility of looking at essential oils to help relieve his pain. And he had procured some essential oils from a poor source. We'll just leave it at that, a non-reputable poor source. He tried them, he used them for a while, and they didn't do anything. And it was a friend of his that came and visited him that suggested he experiment with essential oils. So after some time, she came back and said, hey, how'd you do with those essential oils? He said, oh, that's garbage. That's crap. They didn't do anything for me. You know, I'm moving on. And her question to him was, well, where did you source your oils? Where did you get them from? Were they therapeutic grade? And he looked at her with a funny look like, huh? What are you talking about? What, what do you mean therapeutic grade? What does it matter where I got them from? And that started him on the mission to understanding what makes a therapeutic grade oil. His response by his friend was, I have a friend, I think in Sweden, let me contact this person and let me reach out and get some real 
true therapeutic grade essential oils and try those and see if those work. So she did that. He received those oils. He started using them. And indeed, they started to assist him and help him move through and move past and deal with um, subduing the pain that he was experiencing. And so that started him on this whole quest with essential oils to read up on them, to study about them, to find out, you know, what is a therapeutic grade oil? Where do I get them from? Uh, what are the oils that seem to help with uh, pain and the nervous system? So he pursued this for quite some time. And this led to, I'm cutting through a lot of details, but this led to basically the creation of his first oil, which was called Pain Away. Now it's called Pan Away, but at the time he named it Pain Away. And it had, I don't remember, I think there was five oils in it. And they were all, it was a blend or a combination of oils that specifically dealt with subduing pain and inflammation. And I remember there's wintergreen, there's peppermint. And past that, I can't quite remember all the oils that are in there. Maybe some eucalyptus, I can't quite remember. But anyways, that was his first blend. And he used it and used it and used it. And over time, his nervous system gradually started to heal. And the signaling of the pain and the chronic pain and the constant pain started to diminish and become less and less and less. And that was his experience with essential oils. So when I was at the convention and I learned all of this about his past, his experience, his life experience, and how he got turned on to essential oils and how he started getting involved with researching and cultivating and started a company to return and restore therapeutic grade essential oils to the public that had medicinal qualities to them, that became his life mission. And I'm so incredibly grateful for him and for the company and all of the experiences that I've been able to have through his company. I visited his farms. I did some work with him. I uh, did some natural medicine lecture tours um, as a consultant for Young Living, went to many conventions, and to this day, some of my greatest, most wonderful, cherished friends, um, those connections were made through the company and through essential oils. So that was my experience with essential oils. And one other thing that I'd like to mention, there is a movie, my one of my favorite movies. I'd say it's probably my first or second favorite movie that I've ever seen. It's a movie called Perfume. And it was premiered at the Sundance Film Festival in 2001. It is a really interesting movie. And if you really want to understand the history of essential oils, I highly recommend that you watch this movie. And I'm going to share a few things about the movie without giving it away, because uh, I really would love for you to watch the movie. But the movie is about, well, when you read the caption, it's going to tell you that it's about a serial killer, which sounds kind of nuts. What do essential oils have to do with a movie about a serial killer? Well, 
yes, technically the movie is about a serial killer, but it's really not. It goes way beyond that and way past that. And it's really a movie that discusses the whole industry of essential oils in such a creative, fascinating, um, provocative, interesting way. And again, I don't want to give it away, so I'll just tell you a few things, but you'll have to watch the movie to really get the essence of it. But when you think about essential oils, the essential oil industry, that's what we call it today. But what it really was going way, way back, you know, in, in Europe in 1500s, it was the perfumery industry. So what we know as perfume today is just a joke compared to what it used to be. And just a little bit of history about this, essential oils are perfume or used to be perfume. That's what perfume was. Today, when you walk into a, you know, like a, gosh, I don't know, I haven't been in a department store. I'm trying to think of a name. I don't think I've been in a department store since I was in high school. But when you go into a department store, and I remember on the first floor, it was all their makeup and their perfume. And the whole first floor just stunk of all of these perfumes. And they had perfume models on the floor. You'd walk by and they'd try to spray it on you. Those are chemicals that are harmful to biology that are manufactured in a lab. I don't recommend them. Stay the hell away from them, as far away from them as you can. But this industry of perfumes has in its past, the basis of it was essential oils. And going back in, you know, way back in the 1500s, you know, at that time, it was only the rich who could afford to purchase perfumes. It was a luxury. It was, you know, it was a marking of the rich. And your your basic worker, your basic peasant, your basic, you know, slave who just got by with pennies a day, they were not somebody who lived in very good living conditions. They didn't have good hygiene. They didn't have good cleanliness habits and not showering, you know, smells were very pervasive at that time. And so one of the things that the rich did was they were able to, they had access to hygiene, good hygiene and cleanliness. And they also had access to essential oils, which they would use. And again, it was kind of a mark or a sign of the wealthy. So when you think of perfume and what's introduced today, and then think back to essential oils, for a lot of people, they don't make the connection. And that's a very, very muted, blurred line. And again, you know, the powers that be just want to make us sick any possible way that they can with the food, with the water, with the personal care products, with the things we put on our body. And perfume is one of those things that is encouraged for people to put on their body. I mean, I remember being in high school and that was the first thing, your personal care products, and you didn't dare go out at night or go on a date or go to prom or anything without putting perfume on. And again, it was chemicals you bought in a store. I didn't know any better. 
And when I saw this movie, it really put it together for me. So this movie gives you such a beautiful presentation, so artistic and creative and the cinematography and just everything about this movie is, is very um, intense. And there's such an incredible, beautiful message about humanity and oneness um, and, and just being part of the human family that comes through through this quirky story of a quote serial killer so uh, and it's not gruesome and it's not violent and it's not ugly the way it might sound um, it's more suggestive uh, in in the experiences that this young man has who is the uh, serial killer in the movie so Anyways, I will just leave it at that. <laughs> and like I said, I'm going to uh, do a series on essential oils because there is so much to cover on this topic. And I really, what I really want to gift the listening audience with is I really want to build that bridge between the world of essential oils and what you might think that is and, and really apply some intense practicality to it so that it becomes something that after listening to these podcasts or these uh, live shows that you might think differently and you might think otherwise, and you might even be inspired to take that leap and explore essential oils. So coming up, some of the topics that I'm going to share with you and discuss and we'll go into this uh, next week, are the most important thing, I think, is to define what is meant by a therapeutic-grade oil. Uh, next thing is the different way to use the oils or take the oils. Uh, I want to go through some basic chemistry of essential oils and how they work when they um, enter into the body through whatever medium, inhalation, or putting them on the skin or consuming them. Uh, I also want to talk about different types of oils as an essential oil versus a fatty oil versus expressed oils versus the oils that are used in food and fragrance grade. Uh, what essential oils do in plants and for plants and therefore what they do in humans and for humans, how essential oils work medicinally and why they work in that way. And then I want to talk about precautions or warnings or contraindications that you might hear about essential oils that may have scared you off. So that's what we're going to go into in the next preceding session. But for now, time is up. I hope you enjoyed this discussion and this storytelling about the magical way that essential oils were gifted or brought to me and how they were introduced to me. So until next time, I thank you so much for spending the hour with me. And I do hope that you're feeling inspired, educated, and hopeful, and that no matter what you may be dealing with from a health perspective, there's always, just know there's always a natural solution that may completely remedy and or significantly improve the issue that you may be having. And we'll talk about essential oils and the types of things you can use them for to help with your own healing. 
That is the message I'm hoping to convey through these discussions on this beautiful podcast of natural healing. If you'd like to learn more, I invite the listening audience to visit our website at www.backtobalancelv, as in Las Vegas, backtobalancelv.com to find out more about what we do at the center in Las Vegas, Nevada. Until then, blessings and abundance with your health and your life. This is Nicola Burnett signing off from Looking for Healing Radio.